There are some places in our country, the United States of America, as you probably well know, that people call flyover country, right? They, they call great sections of our country flyover country because they don't see these places as being very exciting, very exotic. You need to fly over them to get to more exciting and exotic places like New York or L.A. Without stepping on too many toes, let me suggest that some of the top flyover states would include Iowa, Kansas, and yes, the Hoosier state of Indiana. (laughs) But as you can see by this map, Nebraska, the Cornhusker state is the top flyover state in the country. <laughs> and Ezekiel is the top flyover book of the Bible. Not a lot of people spend time in the Old Testament prophet called Ezekiel. Maybe you've been talking with people recently and you've told them, my church is in a six-week sermon series on the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel, and you are met with what? Blank stares. (laughs) That's because no one knows a whole lot about Ezekiel, and what they do know about Ezekiel means it's fly over country. Why, at one point, Ezekiel lays on his left side for 390 days. Think about that. And then on his right side for 40 days. That's called sheltering in place. (laughs) And another section in his book, Ezekiel almost cooks his evening meal using human dung as fuel. Uh, That's what you call pandemic scarcity. Still, in another place in his book, the last nine chapters, Ezekiel describes in great detail all of the dimensions and the details of the new temple and the new city. That's called being isolated with way too much time. Our collective response to the book of Ezekiel, fly over. Even as we are flying over the book of Ezekiel as fast as we can, maybe. We can't help but glance out a window of our play. Down there. Do you see it? Look. It's amazing. A glancing out the window at 35,000 feet, we look down there and we see a river. <laughs> Ezekiel. 47 verse 9, wherever the river flows, everything lives. 
Ezekiel needs a river. <laughs> oh, God, Ezekiel needs this river. That's because all of the pain of Babylon, all of the horror of Babylon, all of the deep sighs and sleepless nights of Babylon are captured in Ezekiel's flyover land called the Valley of Dry Bones. Chapter 37. The dry bones stand for Ezekiel and his fellow exiles in Babylon. Ezekiel 37:11 is what these exiles are saying. Our bones, it feels like our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are clean cut off. That's what the pandemic is doing to us. You don't need me to remind you of that, by the way. Our bones feel like they're dried up. Our our hope, hope is gone. We feel like we're clean cut off. COVID-19 is bringing with it anger, frustration, irritability, Anxiety and fear, social distancing, still feeling isolated. Economic disasters are impacting all of us. There's a word, there's a phrase that describes how Ezekiel and the exiles felt a valley full of dry bones, there's a word, there's a phrase that explains how you and I feel. Because of COVID-19, burned out. That's it. That's what these bones are. (laughs) Pretty burned out, wouldn't you say? That's how I feel. That's probably how you feel most of the time. Burned out. Author Jerry Idlewich wrote a book a few years ago titled Burned Out. He defines burnout as a loss of purpose, a loss of hope, a loss of life. A psychologist Christine Malik of the University of California, Berkeley, who's an expert in burnout, defines burnout as being emotionally and mentally exhausted. So we are physically depleted and chronically fatigued. (laughs) What are the signs of burnout? Here are the top four. When we feel like our hope is gone. (laughs) Clean, cut off. Oh, what are the signs that I'm living in a valley full of dry bones? The first would be 
physical exhaustion. Most of us are tired most of the time. In fact, we're tired of being tired. Chronic fatigue, the experts call it. Physical depletion. We just want a stress-free night out on the town at a restaurant. We just want to go to the mall without a mask. We just want a Major League Baseball game in real time. (laughs) No, no. There is hardly any recreation these days. Hardly any vacations. COVID-19 brings with it physical exhaustion. That's the first sign that you're really burned out. The second sign is emotional exhaustion. Just one more meltdown by my teenage daughter. Just one more financial surprise. Just one more additional job at work. Just one more crisis by my aging parents, and I'm going to break. I can't take this anymore. Even worse than physical exhaustion or emotional exhaustion would be cynicism. Cynicism, a a loss of idealism, a loss of purpose, a a loss of hope. Don't you get it? New normal, ha, that's a joke. Things will never return to normal. With cynicism comes, for some people, thoughts of suicide. Suicidal ideation is what the experts call it. You're that low. Your bones are that dried up. And cynicism doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow process. But we find ourselves being bitter, sarcastic, jaded, negative. Signs of burnout because of COVID-19 also include self Loathing. Victims of burnout, people who are really depressed, often turn the sword inward and blame themselves for everything that's gone so terribly wrong. It's all my fault. Rather than objectively seeing things systemically, Because of that pandemic, things are so off-kilter. No, self-loathing blames me for all of the problems. I turn, I know this, I turn the sword inward. It's all my fault. That's called a valley of dry bones. 
But remember, at 35,000 feet, we looked down, and what did we see? Amazing, stunning. It's a what? It's a river. (laughs) Ezekiel chapter 47, what a chapter. Ezekiel 47, 1 begins with the prophet looking in a vision of the rebuilt temple. And with the rebuilt temple, you have a rebuilt altar. And underneath the altar flows just a little bit of water. And in verse 2 of Ezekiel 37, he uses the Hebrew phrase vehine, which when translated means I was struck by the sight. See, Ezekiel finds himself standing in water. Vehine, I'm struck by the sight. Also in chapter 47, verse 2, he describes this little bit of water coming out of the altar from the rebuilt temple. He uses the Hebrew word mepakim. It's the only place in the Old Testament this word appears. Mepakim. What's it mean? It comes from the Hebrew word noun pak, pak, which means just a little small bottle. So mepakim means just a little trickle of water, just a few drops, just a small amount. Vehene, Ezekiel says. Again, I was struck by the sight, by this small amount of water that is now, as you can see in this picture, coming up to his ankles in the vision. Mepakim, just a little bit of water. That's how it all starts. Isn't it like our God to do something really, really big with something really, really small? Mepakim. Just a trickle. Sarah was barren. (laughs) Couldn't have children. Finally, finally, she had the son of promise whose name is Isaac. Moses just had a few Hebrew slaves, but he led them out of Egypt into the promised land. A ruddy runt named David just had eight smooth stones, and he took down a giant named Goliath. The stone the builders rejected, that's Jesus. Psalm 118.22, the stone the builders rejected. See something small, insignificant, unsightly. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and all of this is still marvelous in our eyes. Ezekiel's guide takes him a little bit further. This little trickle of water, napakim, Uh, now is becoming a surging river. Ezekiel says that he's up to his neck in the water. When he gets to the mile marker, Ezekiel says there's no bottom to the river. (laughs) Contemporary Christian songwriter Stephen Curtis Chapman I sings a song based upon Ezekiel 47. It's called Dive. Lyrics include these words. The river's deep, the river's wide. The river's 
Waters are alive, so sink or swim, I'm diving in. This is Ezekiel, sink or swim. <laughs> He's diving in. Ezekiel's guide then leaves him at this point, but points eastward toward the Dead Sea. And Ezekiel describes now this river going out from the temple and underneath the altar as flowing eastward all the way to the Dead Sea. And as he describes this river of life, he describes the banks of the river. On both banks are trees, and these trees miraculously bear fruit every month, and their leaves are for healing. And it flows into the Dead Sea where everything's dead. And Ezekiel says this river of life transforms the Dead Sea into a fresh body of water. He likens it to the Mediterranean Sea, full of fresh fish. Wherever the river flows, everything lives. Even everything in the Dead Sea. Two years ago, I was at the Dead Sea. <laughs> This is a picture of my friend, Nabil Noor and I, at the Dead Sea. We have caked all over us Dead Sea mud, because that's about all there is at the Dead Sea today, mud. The locals, though, <laughs> will tell you that if you apply Dead Sea mud, you will look younger. So did it work? Text me, <laughs> 260-446-1352. The Dead Sea. It's the lowest point on the planet. It's 1,400 feet below sea level. It is a sailing content of 35%. By contrast, the Great Salt Lake in Utah has a sailing content of 18%. The oceans of the world have a sailing content of 4%. The Dead Sea, 35% salt. It's dead. And ever since divine fire destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah at the southern tip of the Dead Sea, the entire region has been a symbol of death. Our response? <laughs> Fly over. Because all you see in flyover lands would be blowing sand and tumbleweeds. All you see in flyover lands would be desert demons, and we know these desert demons by name. <laughs> Physical exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, cynicism, self-loathing. 
What's the temptation when we come face to face with these desert demons that destroy us? I'll tell you what the temptation is. Deny it. Pretend it doesn't exist. Get lost in binge TV watching. Parties, work, whatever. The temptation, you see, is to live in denial, to look at all of this mess in my life and respond with two words, fly over. But don't do that. Please, whatever you do, don't do that. Don't go into denial. Instead, go into John's gospel. John's gospel. If you have been tracking in this series and studies in the book of Ezekiel, you are not surprised. Much of the book of Ezekiel finds its fulfillment in John's writings in the New Testament especially his gospel. This river of life in Ezekiel 47, it finds its way all the way into the fourth gospel, and it begins with just a drop. Mepakim, just a trickle of water. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And Jesus tells Nicodemus and us, you will not see the reign of God unless you're born again by water, the Spirit. The trickle becomes a river. John chapter 4, Jesus promises the Samaritan woman living water, and then the trickle turned into a river becomes a surging river of life. John chapter 7, it will be, Jesus says, that living water will flow from within the believer's life. But then, in one ironic twist for the ages, this surging river of life narrows down into just a drop, mepakim, until it's completely dried up. John 19, 28, Jesus says, I thirst. Can you imagine Jesus knows all about burnout. Oh, my. Jesus of Nazareth knows all about feeling burned out. I thirst. There is Jesus burned out, taking upon himself all of our sin and selfishness. Ezekiel, though, says that the temple's going to be rebuilt Uh, Jesus in John, John, of course, John chapter 2 verse 19 says, destroy this temple and on the third day I will rebuild it. Well, Jesus, (laughs) 
the temple of God, is rebuilt on the third day. And Ezekiel 43, last week's sermon, sees the glory of God return to the temple. Oh my, oh my, this glory of God returned to the temple, Jesus of Nazareth, on the third day. Jesus is alive. Jesus has swallowed up death. And Jesus lives. Jesus lives to direct the river of life into the hopelessness of your heart. How does he do it? You know by now, right? Mepakim. No surging spring, no massive glacial runoff, no. Just three drops of water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Water, when connected with that Word of God, becomes a surging river of life. Forgiving our sin quenching our thirsts, and this river of life defeats our death. And our response? Vahine. <laughs> and I was struck by the sights of this refreshing, recreating, renewing, Mercy and grace and love of God in Jesus Christ. I was struck by the sight. The river's deep, the river's wide, the river's waters are alive, so sink or swim. (laughs) I'm diving in. Ezekiel 47.9, my favorite verse in the whole book. What a verse. Wherever the river flows, everything lives. And that river is here. Hallelujah. Please pray with me. Jesus, we feel like we live in a land of dry bones. Direct us to the river of life, flowing from your pure side into our baptismal font and into our home, our family, our community, our nation, our world, flowing to us and through us. Jesus, we ask this in your triumphant and powerful name. Amen.